0: We are CEOs, executives, educators, and professionals from all sectors of society who support the global expansion of betterment in the world through JOY and JOILY. I'm your host, Cheryl Lynn, founder of the Chair of JOY Experience. Together, we have developed the World Council of JOY, and our council invites CEOs and innovators from impactful organizations to the JOYLY Podcast. We showcase how generous, bold, and fully engaged they are in their work and what a culture of joy is to them. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. This is Cheryl Lynn coming to you again from Joyly Studios, and I am joined by Marla Stone. She is with Ideal Lifestyle Incorporated, and we are going to talk about some really fun things today. And I think, Marla, based on everything I read about you, you have a lot of skill and talent. So my job, if you don't know, is to focus on joy. So I want to know who you are as an individual. And our audience is CEOs, people who um, really are trying to figure it out how to develop a successful business like you. So first of all, tell us a little bit about you. Give me some background about how you got to your book, and then um, what you're doing now.
1: Sure. So yes, I'm Marla Stone, and I own Ideal Lifestyle, which is a professional organizing, decor, feng shui, life coaching, business coaching business. And I've been doing it for 11 years. Uh, I was a former psychotherapist, social worker for 17 years. And really, I didn't want to lose my background and still wanted to help people, but I also didn't want to sit in a chair anymore. So that's why I chose to end my private practice of 10 years here in Orange County and I t- it took about 9 months for me to figure that there was this thing called professional organizing. And but it you know I looked it up on the internet. I was like this is real like people hire people to come into their home and help them go through their stuff. So I thought I could do that. You know, my first thought was I could do Tupperware and then I realized it really has a lot to do with mental health. So, when people get cluttered and overwrought with stuff, or they're overspending or over collecting, um, it is, you know, they, they do want help. And it's very useful. It's a very useful service for people. Tell, and, me what,
0: tell me one of your biggest success stories, the thing that just pops into your mind right off the bat.
1: Yeah, well, okay. So, you know, this business uh, has anyone from Empty Nester going through their stuff, or a young couple moving into an apartment together to uh, people with hoarding disorder. So I guess my best success is I figured out how to work with those folks. And, you know, most of the shows you see on TV are so dramatic and the person's like, like what, you know, looking like they want to keel over while, go, you know, and it's really dramatic, you know, t- total drama. And I thought, I want to do this the, the correct way. And so what I figured out with uh, my clients that have this challenge is they're not going to get rid of anything that that's not on the table. They don't want to. They collected for a reason. And the stuff is really, you know, stuff has energy, just like people. Um, and those people have that connection with stuff and, and, you know, and not so much people. And so, you know, it's like a pet. The stuff is like very It's very dear. So. What we, what I figured out is just categorize. So in the beginning of what we do is we clear the entire space, cabinets, closets of everything that's in it, and we categorize into broad categories. So all books with books, papers with papers, whether it's a document or a bank statement or a photo or a receipt, papers paper, and uh, chatchkas with chatchkas, and you know elect small electronics with electronics, sporting goods, clothing. And then it's easier for them to uh, find what they want. But the next step with uh, most folks is we go through this stuff with them and we say, tell me about this. And we're wanting to elicit a keep or go, obviously. But I have a criteria is will you use it? Does it serve a purpose? Is it sentimental? Do you love it? And, uh, but with the people that are going to keep everything, we eliminate that part because there's nothing that's going to go so we just literally keep it in clear bins keep their stuff in clear bins and instead of it being all over the floor all over their furniture all you know packed into their garage we neatly stack the clear bins into racks or just around the perimeter of the home and they have the nest that they're really creating with the stuff but now it's all organized and so the success, the best success I can tell you is that they have stopped collecting because they see everything they have now, it's not in piles. Right. So they don't they don't think they want more. They know they don't want any more. If they have 400 sponges, they're like, "Oh, you know, I'm I'm relaxed now. I know where they are." And so it stopped the over collecting and they keep it that way. So-, so so
0: tell me tell me I want I want the human side of this. Who Without naming names, I remember a lady, her house was this, and this is what happened. And oh this is so what she said to you.
1: Yeah, Just, there's so so many stories in my book, The Clutter in- Remedy. But uh, the one that comes to mind is, I think, the first story in the book. It was my first client. And we had the same birthday. It was really funny because I knocked on the door thinking, what am I doing? I don't even know what I'm doing and she this was so poignant because i had really loved social work and then i became a you know a psychotherapist in private practice which wasn't as heartwarming you know as being a social worker going into people's homes i did home help. so anyway I knock on the door she answers and she's depressed and the stuff is everywhere it's all over the bottom floor it's her bedroom is not you cannot enter the bedroom okay. and the you know, I crawled over stuff to see the closet, and but we we you know I, we filled over a hundred uh, black trash bags, the big industrial bags, in order to clear the space, and then you know we went through it in in the garage and got through everything. It took about a week. I was by myself then, and but the interesting thing was when we finally got her bedroom cleared and we're standing in her empty closet she starts to cry and she starts to tell me I have a bad marriage. Um, my husband watches videos all day long. He's non-connected, non-communicative. And I said, I thought to myself, oh my God, I'm doing social work again. And it was like this joy came through me. Like, cause I know that's, you know, what I'm meant to do in life is help people. And so I said, "I said, well, I'm not a therapist anymore, and I'm not a social worker, but do you have health insurance?" And we made her an appointment that day to go see a therapist. And the success of this is, we're still in touch. That's another thing too. You can be friends with your clients in this business. So, um, and we're friends on Facebook. But you know, uh, we could be friendly, I should say. And um, so, anyways, she got divorced, and she's never been happier. And I haven't heard from her. And every once in a while, I'll hear from her uh, through Facebook. I mean, I haven't heard from her to come back to help her. Uh, Is that the things are just the way she has a very organized life now.
0: Great. That's
1: a great story.
0: Thank you for sharing. Beautiful. Um, So we have a lot to get through. So I want to get to the juicy stuff. So everything I've seen about you, all the interviews you're doing, you show up, like you're showing up with all the knowledge, all the interest, you're got a smile on your face, you can tell that this is permeating from your soul. Like this is real joy for you. Tell me where this came from. How did this even develop in your heart and soul? Because that's rare what I'm seeing you do.
1: Well, you know, uh, I wanted to be an actress when I was younger. <laughs> that was my goal. And I had, I was a very good actress. I was in all the school plays and I went to my first year of college was, I took only theater. I, that's really what I wanted, but obviously um, I was meant to help people, like I said before. And so when when I finally, you know, and my dad was not with me on the acting thing, my, you know, he's a CPA, my uh, aunts and uncles are educators. So he really wanted me to finish school and he did not want to pay for uh, a degree in theater arts. Okay. So when I, when I finally looked through the list, I saw psychology and I thought, oh, you know, and I, I have a little bit of a wounded childhood. You know, I had a mother that left when I was like before three years old, left me on a sidewalk in front of my dad's apartment. Um, and then I had a stepmother with mental illness And so my childhood was a little rough, um, not for means and goods, but, you know, and shelter, but just a little rough. So I choose psychology. Oh my gosh. You know, no brainer. Um, and then, you know, when I received the bachelor's degree, a girlfriend came up to me and it was really like a, it was a moment there. It was like where you, you don't hear anything and you just hear this person talking, but you're kind of like an almost out of body state. And she's telling me, Marla, you can't just have a bachelor's degree in psychology. You have to go get your master's degree. And you have to either get a social work degree or a marriage and family therapist. And then you'll someday you'll have an office and you'll hang your plaque. And I mean, it was like a 30 minute barrage where like life stood still. And then I remember talking to my dad and saying, you know, so let's go get this master's degree now. And he goes, Good go for it. So I became a social worker. Yes. And it's funny, I didn't even know what one was. I'd never heard of a social worker. Yes. That. And I was about 32 years old. And so I called, so I got into USC, but I chose Cal State Long Beach where I got the bachelor's degree because just an easier drive and, you know, better area um, and cheaper. And, uh, so I call the school after I get in and I said, what is a social worker? (laughs) And they said, it's somebody who helps the unfortunate people in the world. And I said, oh, that's good. Like that's right up my alley. So I think it's like really driven like by a spiritual force that I was put in this position. I'm very nonjudgmental. Um, I'm very accepting. Like you can't, you can tell me anything. And I'm not going to judge. I don't believe we're supposed to judge. I think that's for a higher power.
0: Um, I'd like to ask you, would you say we're in a joy-filled world or joyless world?
1: I'm finding people... Well, I want to say we create... Each individual has their own, you know, world. And it depends on that person. Uh, But, you know, what I saw... You know, when you watch the news, you you consider this a joyless world. It can really, you know, sour your outlook if you really are listening to the masses. Um, but I think it's an easy enough thing to switch on and off, you know. Now, joy. Tell, or, tell me more.
0: Tell me how. It, that's my work. How do people switch it on and off? Tell. Do you? It, yes.
1: Yeah. Well, of course, anyone can get downtrodden. I mean, there are circumstances that happen every day, every minute, every year, every month that can, you know, take somebody to a a place of darkness or uh, despair. And so, but the it's, you know, it's very easy to remember that um, it is all about how you think and how you talk. So, and I do talk about that in the book and my first, the first chapter of the book is about releasing emotional clutter. And healing it, not just releasing, but healing it for good. So I created strategies for that. And so, and I am very fortunate genetically. Um, and, the, you know, the mother that I lost uh, as a child, I regained later in life. And, you know, there's a whole backstory to that. But she was very interesting. She grew up during World War II with Hitler and everything. She lived in Germany and she, you know,
0: Wow.
1: Yeah. So, but she said to me, Marla, she said, you know, you, you, you don't know a lot about your family, you know, my family, but we, our women in our family have this knack. We could be sad and crying, you know, over something that's sad and, and, you know, tragic. But an hour
0: later, we can be laughing. Right. Do Um, you, because of your history and your background, do you mind if I share with you the Chair of Joy experience really quick? So I got this chair. Yes, background that I carry around the country. I've had over 350 people sit in it. And I think that what you're saying, especially in the corporate world that, you know, so many people are disengaged and maybe at work looking for different jobs, you know, they're trying to figure out what their joy goal is in life and, um, can't because I don't think they don't want to, or they don't have desire, but they don't know how. Would you agree? Well,
1: yes. And so, you know, one of the interesting things when I was a therapist at the very end was 2008 when everybody was losing their homes and people were coming in to see me telling me they were going to live in a station wagon. And I helped like literally hundreds of people reinvent themselves because they were saying, I'm going to, you know, this is hopeless. I'm hope. And I'm like, you have a degree from USC, you know, or you have a degree from, or you, or you have this trade, you know, let's, let's, take a, let's take a ride. Let's dream. Right. You know, and to remind uh, the human being that
0: they're worthy and they are deserving of change. Isn't Uh, isn't it interesting that so many people are no matter your circumstances, there's always brokenness and downtrodden, right? Yes. Yeah, yes there's yes. greed and, you know, in living in a wealthy area, they're still mixed up and lost. So anyway, here's what I would love for you to do. If you could just put your feet on the ground. Okay. This, this is what a lot of our CEOs are doing and they're experiencing many more zeros because of their team's um focusing on joy so put your feet i'm sure you do this that's why i can't wait to get your experience that's why you're on the podcast is because ceos are learning from you so feet on the ground all i want you to do is we're going to get silent that's why i bought the chair it was kind of people like i don't understand what silence is so this is not you know meditation mindfulness people have all different kinds of words but i think it's very simple to rediscover your joy which is to put your feet on the ground feel your feet in your socks Feel your feet and your socks and just, you know, the soles of your shoes on the ground and the ground is firm and still and you can always count on it. And if you can focus on your feet for just 10 seconds, therein starts to develop your stillness. So let's just see if we can stay in our feet, focus on our feet. And then look around your office and your beautiful space that you created like you did this and that there might be pictures on the wall or the wonderment of all the things that are there and then listen listen are there sounds my daughter just flew in so i can hear her talking and my child's outside yes and so it's kind of like a receptacle that's upside down if we're always talking and we're always moving we're never listening and we're never quiet and so this is a way to unfold this and you know, let the sponsors come in and the, and the new clients and the, you know, the, the cooperation, the productivity, everything's coming in when we're in silence. And then just a deep breath. And then I ask everybody if you could just take a deep breath and tap into one of your most joyful moments. So other than all your beautiful work, I want to ask you, Marla, if you can tap into something else just because I know your work is so important and it gives you so much joy, but another time when you like really had it all together. Can you share that with me? Have you ever dropped your phone on the floor, on your face, or in some other embarrassing place? Don't you wish there was something you could attach to your phone case that would help you hold your phone so you don't have to, or at least as much? Introducing Steady Straps, a comfortable, adjustable, strong elastic strap with 100% Velcro brand closures that helps you hold your phone more securely without dropping it and use it easier and faster, especially one-handed. It's the only smartphone grip accessory without adhesives, and it's 100% wireless charging ready without having to remove or adjust it first. Check us out at SteadyStraps.com and order some today.
1: Well, it's, you know, the day I got married was one of my and I'm married uh, 20 years now, 21 years together. So I think I think love, true love, is the hardest thing to accomplish. Um, I had uh, several attempts, uh, you know, uh, in life, um, okay. one pre- previous marriage and some other, but, you know, I just thought, oh, and, and that was something that made me super hopeless, you know, And but finally at 38, I found my true love. And so that that day, we, what?
0: Is she still with you?
1: Oh, yes. 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 Yeah, we just celebrated our 20th wedding anniversary in February.
0: Congratulations. So,
1: yeah, it's, you know, and it's a work of art. I call it a work of art. Um, Sometimes (laughs) it's, you know, like Pollock, you know, we're just splattering together. And sometimes it's very beautiful. But it's, you know, it's, uh, that, my, the day we got married, so... I didn't, I, I kept struggling because he had never had a wedding. It was his first time. And um, I just couldn't picture myself walking down an aisle in a dress and like, and so finally he looked at me and said, you know, we could just go to the courthouse. And so we went to the Santa Ana courthouse and got married. And it was so awesome. That's <laughs> yeah, He just blew up the picture. They took a Polaroid. That's the picture we have. And I, and I bought this little veil and I had a white suit on. And we're kissing. And he just blew it up for me. Like, (laughs) I had just a Polaroid, but he made an actual photo. That's
0: beautiful. (laughs) All right, let's do, to finish this, I just want to do one more memory. So the the marriage was awesome. One more memory. So deep breath in, being on the ground, paying attention, really being silent, tapping into one more joyful moment in your life. I can feel you have so many, so I know it's hard to tap into one. but Oh,
1: well. The day I graduated with my master's in social work was certainly, uh, you know, a monumental day. Um, I was 32, uh, 35, 35 when I graduated with the master's, it was a three-year part-time program and, um, it was so much work. You know, I, I did the AA degree, then the BA and then the master's. I didn't even go to the ceremony. I, I did not go. Um, I was just exhausted. Yeah. And I thought, you know, I already have this. Well, I don't I don't want to go through the, you know. And my dad was like, Are you sure you got your degree? I'm like, Dad, you know. <laughs> so That's uh then getting licensed, you know, to practice. Yeah in, independently.
0: So let's take let's take the marriage and let's kind of let that ooster you in the in the day and that moment in the courthouse and the veil. And now we grew up through up the Polaroid, that's incredible. And then the moment you got your, just new, just knowing that you got your master's, which you worked so many years on, what would be the word that would connect those two experiences? If there was an essence that could combine this marriage event and this getting your license event.
1: Well, pure joy comes to mind. I mean, joy. Yeah. You know, uh,
0: that's good. That's and, good.
1: And, you know, co- just confidence.
0: I love it. So when you're feeling at your best which is confidence that's joy for you and joy is confidence would you say yes that's good so a lot of people say purpose or faith or uh family or there's always a different connection between the two words so the last thing is if you could talk to ceos that are listening today about this confidence that you I, i think there's sometimes failure and brokenness in confidence to getting to this joy what might you say to them because they're not understanding who you are or how you got to where you are in the world? What would you say to them about your joy? About my joy? Yes, about this confidence, this, this fear. Yeah, the
1: confidence. So I think, well, my claim to fame in the book is, is about changing your language, but the first step in when I work with CEOs or housewives or house husbands is what is your, so the first thing I say is what do you value in life? Mm. And that I get a stumped look. The first look is like, what? Like, people have forgotten what they truly value in life. Uh, And they don't don't even know the term. Um, And then we go to, you know, I help them understand that. Like, do they value spending time with family? Do they value travel? Do they value reading a book? Do they value friends, quiet time, whatever, but they've forgotten. And so then we talk about creating their ideal lifestyle. And people are like, well, what's that? And I'm like, it's different for everyone, but I have them list thirty things that they want in an ideal lifestyle, and and we start with that rather than work, um, you know, talking about work because if you don't have it at home, if the joy is not at home, uh, and your joy is only at work, then you're lopsided. You know, it's it's not full circle. So. Uh, and then, you know, and then we get to 30 things in an ideal career and 30 things in an ideal partner and 30 things. And and 30 things is a little, uh, I don't know why it's 30, but it seems I, sort of a
0: magical number. I just want to say that I've just bought the website Power of 30. So we need to work together uh, on something. And I have no idea why either, but there's something in that for me too. That's funny. Yes, <laughs> yes exactly. So I, so I, I love, love that they have to focus and refocus on their values first before they jump into all the decluttering in the organization, but yes. do you find that that at the essence of all of that is joy, that that everything that they're yearning for eventually is to lead to joy?
1: Yes, yes, so, so it's interesting, so as an example, I'll come into a home, and a woman will have a big armoire full of knitting, okay, and so I'm like, oh, you love to knit, and They'll say, no, I, I used to, like years ago, I used to knit. I knitted little things for all my grandchildren, but I don't, I don't want to knit anymore. And so I'm like, oh, well, what's this stuff doing in your real estate? You know, and let's figure out what you love. And and people, some people know, some people are lost. They really don't know what will be exciting for them anymore. They, they know what they used to like, you know, they, they, okay. You know,
0: I but love it. I, I, I got to get to some more questions. So what, yeah. do you see, what do you see for the world to get them to their ideal lifestyle? I know you wrote a book and I know you're doing, you know, your work in Orange County, but how do you see yourself positioned in the world to kind of get people to this? Because I think it's so important yeah. what you're doing.
1: Well, you know, I'm a mental health expert. Mm-hmm. So my expertise as a therapist was differential diagnosis meaning that you really dial it in because so many people are misdiagnosed, therefore mismedicated. But mental health is the most important thing you can own. There's nothing more important. So we have a lot of people walking around with a lot of quirks and a lot of stuff that they don't understand because even the professionals today are not necessarily dialing in on the truth. And so that's my next adventure is to really talk more about mental health and... So are, are we talking um, speaking? Is, are you Well, doing? speaking, but also I would like to have a show where I answer questions, you know, that basically, hey, my son and my daughter, my husband, my this, and I can't diagnose anymore, but I can say, hey, you may want to take a look at this, because it doesn't sound like that, and, you know, and
0: help people through the eye of the needle, uh, and... I think it's brilliant. What would your show be called? Do you know? Something like mental
1: wellness, but I, you know, I, you know, being well <laughs> so, or I, ideal lifestyle. So, ideal lifestyle is interesting how I came up with that name. Yeah. So, about four years before I retired from being a former therapist, a girlfriend came out. She was a nurse. And I was telling her that, hey, you know, I, I would like to do something where I can move around, something different, whatever. So she came up with coaching. I said, well, that sounds a little bit too much like therapy. But she said, well, let's just think of a name for your company. Well, we came up with Ideal Lifestyle. So when I went to get my domain, ideallifestyle.com was taken. So I did I-deal-lifestyle, which is ideal out how to live Wow, a better life. And so... Um, I think more of that is what I'm supposed to do. I went, oh, so by the way, I did acting again after I finished being a therapist. I was like, what am I going to do with myself? So I did acting. I took law classes thinking I would become a lawyer. That was more depressing than social work. (laughs) I did decorating interior design. They're like, you have to go to school for three years. I'm like, I could decorate in my sleep. Um, so I am just meant to help people live better lives. That's what I'm, that's
0: it. I totally hear you. and I think ideal lifestyle, if that's not already a TV show. It definitely needs to be or at least your podcast. So
1: yes,
0: I think um, no one, it's not that they don't know again, same as joy. they don't have they don't necessarily not have the desire, but they don't even know where to begin. They don't even know the questions. like those 30 things, if you could send me those and I could share with our audience, I think that would be really awesome.
1: Yes, absolutely. Yeah, it's just making a list, putting at the top ideal partner, ideal lifestyle, ideal career, ideal, you know, friends, um, and then listing 30 things in the positive. So there's no nots or nons or no. So like, not a drug addict, but addiction free,
0: or, you know. (laughs) Let's do a workshop on that together. I just, I that yeah, diving into each of those 30 in an hour and having everybody write them down would be so powerful.
1: Exactly. And, and, and it's going large. It's the fairy godmother yes, list. It's yeah. Not, so I had somebody put potential. They wanted an ideal partner. Potential. This is your ideal partner list. This guy's like gold, you know, he's set for life. So, and then this part two of it is a twist. And I, and I don't want to tell anyone right now because part two is a secret. And then there's a part three and a part four.
0: Oh my gosh. really? So, cool.
1: But it's very effective. It actually has a life, it's life altering.
0: I get it. I get it. I get it. And I, and I, and I feel the same way about joy as much as I love the word and I love the feeling and the yearning and the desire that we all have. It's really about life expansion for me. Like there is so much once you get to your joy, like what's freaking possible after that, if we put our heads together and that's what ideal lifestyle feels like for me. Yes. Once we figure this all out, like Oh my god it just feels like such a release like what's possible now so exactly and clutter is just a small part of what i do yeah but everybody has it and doesn't deal with it
1: yeah well because it's so much easier to focus on clutter than the real
0: issues yeah you know? i hear you all right well what would you like to say to our ceos i would love to hear your response about our little short chair of joy experience that you did which was feet on the ground look around take a minute to be silent um I often suggest get away from your computer when you're doing this. Um, so just kind of your takeaway on that and then anything else you'd like to leave with, yeah. our, with our CEOs.
1: So the most important thing I figured out in life is how we speak. So the most u- used phrase uh, that we use in human language is, I need. Mm. So I need to get this work done. I need to take the laundry uh, uh, you know, to the dry cleaner. I need to pick up the kids. I need, I need, I have to, I got to. And it's it's a pressure. We're like needling ourselves to death. That's one of my things. I've heard that. Um, and we lost the word will. We don't use the word will anymore. Like I will go to the store today. We say I need to go. Oh, I will do my homework. Uh, no, uh, you know, instead we're like I need or you need. You need. You have to. You. So if eliminating need, except for the needs which are air, food, water, shelter, sleep elimination and sunlight, the seven things that keep us alive. And then the other thing I eliminated was indecisive language. uh, That's try, if, but, could, should, maybe, someday, sometime, possibly, you know, all those indecisive words, I don't know what they mean. And so really it started to come about when people would say, well, I'll try to do that project. And I said, well, I don't know where to put it. Like, is it a try within two months? Or, and then I thought, why use the word try <laughs> at all? When will you do this? So yeah. that's the other thing. And then um, I feel like, I feel that followed by a thought instead of an adjective. We've eliminated adjectives from our language. So that's a whole workshop that I do with CEOs and it's painstaking for them because it's like taking the bottle away from the baby. When you take away need, from the human language, when it you know doesn't apply to a need, it's it's very painful. But the transition into will is again life altering.
0: So just so I know, you are in Orange County, is that right? I am. So I might bring the chair to Orange County someday soon. Would you set it in if I brought it over to you? Well- course I will. Be so fun. Yes, so, yes. I will keep you posted. I have to uh, wrap up the show today, but it's been an absolute pleasure to speak with you, Marla Stone. Thank and you. Um, I just think that your smile, your demeanor, who you are, all you do for the world is just pure joy, just like you said, and for your experiences.
1: Oh, thank you so much. I appreciate that very much. All right. Let's talk
0: again soon. You take care. Okay. You too. Bye. Bye-bye. This show has been produced by Market Domination, LLC.